1: Fight fans, welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Kenobi, and we have a show action-packed, more action-packed than the latest version of Guillermo Rigondeaux. On this show, joining us, CBS Sports' Brian Campbell. We're going to run through some of the biggest topics in the world of boxing today. We also have, an, in case you missed it, with a very, very juicy rumor involving some steak. And also, uh, this upcoming week, you're going to see some big fights. It's an action-packed weekend. Uh, your typical, you know, Showtime, zone going up against each other. ESPN as well. Friday night, Richard Comey is taking on Ray Beltran. That's on ESPN. That fight has a lot of implications in the lightweight division as Richard Comey is going to try to work his way up to a fight well, potentially with Lomachenko or uh, Teofimo Lopez. Over on Dazone on Saturday night, you're going to see Demetrius Andrade as he takes on uh, upset-minded Messi Sulecki. Sulecki so, like, is a very good live dog in this fight. Obviously, Andrade is going to bang the drum for a unification fight uh, with Canelo. So keep an eye on that on DAZONA. Then Saturday night, also on Showtime, we're going to see Jamal Charlo. We just saw Jamal Charlo last week uh, knock out Coda. We're going to see Jamal Charlo in action against Brandon Adams, and I'm expecting Another big KO for Jamal Charleau as he tries to get his name into the 160-pound division, try to get in uh, with, uh, with the zone, maybe, potentially, with uh, all that the contenders that they have. But that is that. Let's get into all the rundown, everything that's going on in the world of boxing with our man, Brian Campbell. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. You've seen this man on PBC's Face to Face, you've heard him on the State of Combat podcast, and now you get to see him right here on Inside Boxing Live, of course. I'm talking about Brian Campbell and Brian. We're in a little bit of a of a slowdown period in the world of boxing. April, May, and June was was straight flames, and now we're kind of weaning ourselves off with charlo mismatches and uh, and uh, bare knuckle boxing but uh, it's been a great uh, half of the year and i want to kind of get into a little bit of a rundown here uh, some of the biggest topics that are going on in the world of boxing and number one is something that came across the wire uh, earlier this week novada testing for manny pacquiao and uh, and keith thurman what is the latest on this and uh, you know who who implies this where does this come from
0: Uh, This was not a good headline from my point of view when you're trying to put forth the picture like boxing is doing these days, that everything's on the straight and narrow, the upwards. Everything is clean. Everything is fresh. When you sort of see a headline that says the two fighters in one of the biggest fights of the year reportedly chose not to do Vada this time around, I think it is disturbing. Uh, This came across yesterday. Unfortunately, right after the chance I had to sit down with Thurman Pacquiao and the teams, and and it's obviously something I would have broached with them, but I think it is uh, unless you hear a justification that I can't really make right now, it's a bit disappointing in any athlete, not just 40-year-old Pacquiao. You want to believe. You want to have zero reasons to doubt. Why give anyone? Any reasons to doubt is sort of my standing default analysis when you hear something like this.
1: Yeah, but who does it come from? I mean, who implies that the fighters? I know that Pacquiao has used Vada for every single fight since 2013 when he fought Rios, and coincidentally, uh, Rios uh, tested positive for a diuretic there. But who brings this in? Is it the fighters that say I want Vada? Does Vada contact the, the fighters? I mean, there's a lot of gray area here, I feel like.
0: It's the fighters in the promotion when they make the deal to decide. And look, if you've heard... Dr. Margaret Goodman, the the founder of VADA through the year, she'll tell you, look, we offer a cheaper product than the alternatives of USADA. So her speech, which I think is a good one, is saying when the top promoters choose USADA over her, even though VADA does double the testing, does the testing that the others won't do, and is cheaper, it seems to tell you something if you're willing to listen to what it's telling you. I don't know what to say at this point. I don't like it though.
1: Let's get into some of the other things with, with Pacquiao and Thurman. You recorded face-to-face. Uh, you know, if you follow Brian Campbell on Instagram, you see all those types of pictures there, but what was the vibe there? I mean, uh, Manny, happy-go-lucky, then you hear other things that, you know, he's using the motivation of, of Thurman saying he's going to retire him. You were right in the middle of two guys, literally. Uh, so Look, what was the vibe there when you recorded that?
0: You know, certainly as the host of uh, PBC's Face-to-Face Face on Fox, my job is to stir the pot up, to try to make some magic happen for TV. So you're certainly pulling at the Things And we heard all those reports from camp, from strength coach Justin Fortune, from Freddie Roach, that Manny took huge exception to the specific term, not the I'm going to retire you, the I'm going to crucify you comment from Thurman. Now, we know how Pacquiao is when you put the microphone and the camera in front of him. A gentleman at all times, not the most spectacular interview. So my vibe was seeing a Pacquiao who largely tried to downplay the idea that it made him mad the idea that it is pushing him in camp to go for the knockout harder than ever before which is the narrative coming out of his camp that's just how Manny is but this episode is going to debut on june 30th on fox and you're going to want to see it not just to see my pearly off-white yellow pearly whites but also because thurman knew coming in as we all did Manny, not the best quote but he's trying to get in Manny's head, and Keith Thurman used every possible thing he can pull, from making fun of Manny's voice, to going at him about the biblical connections of the idea of wanting to crucify him, and we saw inside that studio a very angry Manny Pacquiao, and I think it's going to come across. There was no swearing, there was no yelling, but you saw Manny kind of come out of character, so I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, yes, these words have gotten to Manny, how much is that going to bring the action out of him? One thing he told me off camera was, "I would prefer if this was a brawl on July 20th. Hey, Keith, don't box me, fight me. I think we all would prefer that, Dan.
1: I think it could start off as a as a boxing match, and then a, then a fight will break out in the middle rounds. I think it's interesting because you know I, I crunched the numbers, and you know Manny Pacquiao, not like the whirlwind he once was during the, you know that that ten fight streak, he was throwing something like seventy punches around. He's going to throw forty punches around, but he makes them count. On the other hand. Keith Thurman and his last fight with Jose C. Lopez threw the most punches he's ever has in his career, uh, round-wise. He threw in 75, so I do think it's going to be a, a brawl. And how about Keith Thurman betting 10K on himself to knock out Manny Pacquiao inside of three rounds? Thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I love when fighters do that. You know, you're going to get a certain part of the audience that's saying fighters should never bet on themselves because of, obviously, the potential that... They would try to control some form of the outcome based on their own financial, you know, blessed, own financial windfall potential. But I love the idea when it presses someone into action and the idea of somebody betting on themselves, meaning I am so confident I'm going to win. I'm going to put my own money where my mouth is. Something Keith Thurman told me when I brought up the Danny Garcia fight to him. I said, hey, Keith, you boxed for most of that fight. But I think people forget. In round one, you came after DSG. Hit with a right hand. yeah. You wobbled him with a two-piece. We've never seen Garcia hurt like that. I said, "What was that about?" He said, "Look, I bet two grand on myself for the first round <laughs> KO, <laughs> wow. and I wanted to see if I could do it." That's To amazing. me, I love that. But I'm not always the, the the moral backbone of this sport, though. I'm sometimes just a bystander.
1: Yeah. Now move on here. Uh, Spence Porter, another welterweight fight under the PBC banner. Uh, set for Fox pay-per-view. They're throwing around the, uh, you know, so maybe September, maybe at the Barclays Center. Intriguing fight outside of uh, Sean Porter's giant Reeboks. How do you uh, are sizing this one up here?
0: I'll size up the giant Reeboks and the giant wins or not. He has the widest. Biggest knot in, in boxing. Biggest knot in boxing. In the history of formal dress. I love, love, love this fight. Look. We all know Bud Crawford's on the other side of the road. So for now, for 2019, probably not going to face any of the PBC welterweights. But what we have instead is this fun, de- can I say ass at the on the show? Say it, baby. This is a fun-ass de facto tournament when you're talking about Thurman Pacquiao, July 20th, Mikey Garcia, Danny Garcia, most likely for August, and now Porter and Spence, and it's a unification bout. How about just the idea of a Porter-Spence winner facing a Pacquiao-Thurman winner, we are getting closer in a historically deep welterweight era to maybe actually finding out who's the man. I don't know if we'll get all four belts on him and have an undisputed, but at the very least, that baton may be able to be handed over from Floyd and Manny of the previous era to this new era. Style-wise, what I love is that should... Porter decide to play fullback again and come with that mauling style we've never seen Spence had to de- have to deal with that at this level It would be a very interesting style matchup to see how it played out
1: more IBL coming up next people slept yeah. on Spence people slept on Spence when they they just said you know he's just a bigger guy that's why he's going to beat uh, Mikey Garcia no he throws 73 punches around he's one of the biggest pressure fighters in the sport and if it leads to the fight with Terence Crawford then this is going to be a great thing for boxing and the World division Let's move on to the heavies. Ruiz, Joshua, we know the fight's going to go down. We don't know a location or a date. I've heard two things. I've heard Black Friday in Cardiff, Wales for that one, or if they want to do it here in the States, December 14th at MSG. Of those two dates, which do you think is most likely? Um,
0: whatever date puts the fight in the States. Uh, shout out to Mike Coppinger. You know Cop, right? Yeah, Cop- for the top operator. Top operator, a quality bloke. Uh, you know, he had a long-form piece sort of looking at DeZone in AJ's perspective on this. And I think, look, we know, money-wise, there's more money to do this in the States. It'd be a giant event. Certainly, DAZN wants that in the American prime time window. Going back to the scene of the crime at Madison Square Garden, if that's where it goes, you can only respect AJ. That's like Conor McGregor doubling down and going, no, I want the Diaz rematch next, and it has to be at 170 pounds. I love when fighters have a misstep, but they want to go back and do it right. They want to prove... That it was just a one-nighter and i think that's the best way to put this behind him if he's aj if it's a big event in the uk 90k 80k whatever carl Froch, <laughs> it's still fun it's fine but it's an afternoon fight here's the deal aj came to conquer america that's why we tuned into that disowned fight that's why you and i were ringside of msg guess what happened he didn't conquer america america or mexico if you will conquered him so <laughs> come back to that scene of that crime and prove you're still that guy. And if he does, Dan, this is going to be one of the better things that happened to boxing this year. And maybe for AJ's brand, look at Lennox Lewis's history. We love second chances. We love when guys come back from adversity. I think this may be end up being the best thing to happen to AJ in his career.
1: No, I agree that, that I think that the zone and, and John Skipper, they are the final say here. And when, it's, when it comes to a lot of things with the zone, especially matchmaking, if you want to talk about Canelo and triple G, but, I do agree that it will be in at MSG on December 14th, but the, I can see it maybe if, if Joshua wants to move it over uh, to the UK, if they do it on Black Friday, it will be 11 o'clock, whatever there, but it'll be 5 o'clock here. And as we saw last year with Tiger versus Phil, 5 o'clock is that sweet spot on Friday. Everyone's home. So they could possibly, I can see either or, but you're right. For all the reasons that you just said. Uh, I fully expect it to most be. Most people
0: will be home. You'll be with the Kenobio brothers elbowing people out at a local Target for a, lap, <laughs> for a hot laptop sale. We Black Friday. If you
1: get to the Black Friday, and that's a perfect day. You get leftovers, a little Black Friday action, and then watch uh, the biggest heavyweight fight of the year. You're absolutely right. You will find me uh, at, at Target. Moving on here, another topic here in boxing. It's a hot topic because it's uh, the most recent topic, and uh, that's refereeing in boxing. We saw some interesting... Uh, Uh, let's say hijinks from the referees whether it was Robert Bird his uh, rough night in Latvia last week Uh, Thomas Taylor uh, his abrupt stoppage of Acosta uh, versus uh, Soto and of course Jay Nady with uh, complete incompetence uh, with that fight with Acosta and Charlo now I'm not an ageist I don't think that has anything to do with age because I think that Jay Nady has been a bad referee going back 20 years. So we got to do something about this, though. Do you think there has to be some new blood? I know that in the in Major League Baseball, they, they kind of turned it over and have younger uh, referees in there, younger umps. They did it in the NFL as well. What can boxing do to kind of uh, fix themselves here, which is kind of a crazy question?
0: I think the topic is very similar to the conversations we have about judging. Look, we know how these state commissions work. Why is Lawrence Cole always getting the biggest fights in Texas? Dad giveaway, right? His dad was the commissioner for so long. And I use that as an example to tell you these commissions, although they're state run, it doesn't seem like they're the always the most reputable. Let's get the most talented guy for the job. There's some very great judges, some very great referees. And before that really awful performance, Robert Byrd, a hall of famer had been my favorite big money referee. And so it's not to say that somebody can't have a bad night. We have bad nights at our jobs. This episode may be one of your worst, Dan. It's not for me to judge. It's for those YouTube comments. I forgot Spence's
1: name for about 10 seconds, so yes.
0: There you go. There you go. So my point is, look, you can have a bad performance, but there has to be, like, I don't know, like follow-up training, some kind of penalty to pay. If I have a really bad performance in my job, like really bad, there's going to be some conversations, right? We may try to fix that. You don't always get that from the commission Chiefs, when they get interviewed, when you say, look, that judge just put forth an all-time bad scorecard, what are you going to do? And they say, well, no, 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 we're not going to do anything. It's just a bad night. I think overall, you just have to have a closer look at what you're doing here. Boxing, as we say it a lot, you're putting lives on the line. So when you have judges and referees in there whose jobs are to reward those who put their life on the line, or for a referee, save those who are putting their job on the line, can we just make sure that those who are in the job aren't there just because they've been there for 25 years? Is that so much to ask, right. I mean, can we regularly test them and make sure their recent performances are judged? And maybe you can come back if you're that commission and say, hey, BC, you're out of whack. We already do that. Well, okay, but when you have a public mess up this badly, you got to step forward and take action. Yeah. And that's, I don't see enough of that. I don't see enough accountability. Again, people's lives are at stake, their financial futures are at stake. You only box once or twice a year. Sometimes a big win can change your life, as we see with Andrew Cancio, who's digging ditches by day and winning titles by night. If the right guy won, give him the win here, Judge. Yeah. Hey, ref, don't stop the fight too early. Don't teabag the guy.
1: All yeah. right? Yeah, I, I thought Jay Nades was the most egregious of all. Uh, he didn't, you know, the guy put his hand on the rope. He was, Acosta was clearly rattled. It was clearly not in his right senses. He makes, he takes his arm off the rope, doesn't even have him walk to him, puts him out there. Three seconds later, he's on his back, completely gone, disoriented from his senses. Are you
0: talking about Coda? Are you talking about Coda? Jorge Coda? Right,
1: I'm sorry. Coda, yeah. Coda versus Charlo. That, I think that Nady was the most egregious there.
0: I, I, don't, I can't argue with that. And you said, look, I've seen Jay Nady have bad fights for 20 years. You're right. I've seen Vic Darchinian. Not Vic Darchinian. Uh, the other guy. You're not, Vic Darchinian the fighter, right?
1: Look, yes. Draculic. The, Draculic. The,
0: the damn vampire. Rick, Rick, <laughs> Vic Dracula. Yes. I've seen him have many bad fights yet. I keep seeing him.
1: So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to move on here. Mahanaji Lobov <laughs> is the gas station hot dog with cheese in the middle that I know the low rent life consequences and nervously can't afford Put it in my veins. You tweeted that. Malonaji Lobov, you ordered it. I want to, uh, did you order it or did you stream it?
0: I'm going to expense that though. Don't yeah. tell the, the higher ups.
1: You, yeah. you Okay, you ordered, you watched it. I'm not going to break down the fight because it wasn't really much of a fight. My question for you, what washed fighter do you want to see fight next to bare knuckle boxing?
0: Oh, I, look, I think they're smart that they get washed like Chris Lieben, these old MMA names that are all tatted up, and all they can do left is throw punches. There's plenty in boxing left like that, too. Ricardo Mayorga, isn't this, like, perfect for him? Yeah. But I have a larger overall issue with BKFC. I've seen a bunch of their cards now. Have you noticed that there are now people trying to take that sport seriously? They're trying to defensively box and jab to the
1: stomach. Oh, that's, the whole, that's not the fight. point.
0: Guys, this is not the point. BKFC is... The gas station hot dog with the cheese in the middle—that's instantly going to screw up your insides. Whether the fight's good or bad, it's ish in the end. You're going to—you know where you're going to end up in that little room. So my point on this is: hey, don't let guys learn how to box. Don't have a large circular ring. Put it in a damn pulp foam booth. Put it in the BKB pit. Well, give
1: them bigger, give bigger gloves then. Give them four it's ounce a gloves. Big,
0: it's a carnival. Guys right. have tattoos all over their skulls and they're yeah. going in there to bang. I don't want to see Paulie Malignaggi talk that level of trash and then get right. in there and jab from the outside. I think that was their biggest card, their biggest close-up, and I think top to bottom, the card kind of dropped the ball.
1: Yeah, because you have to give them bigger gloves. But when they don't have just wraps on, they're not going to land because they're afraid of their hands getting broken. It's not when you, when you wear 8-ounce gloves, 10-ounce gloves, it's not for to protect the other guy's face. It's to protect your hands. I mean, that's why I don't understand. The, you're not going to see brawls in there. Maybe you give them smaller gloves. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it, but here's my submission, though. James Kirkland.
0: Oh, wow. Do you remember that great quote he gave during the HBO fighter meeting that was picked up on the 24-7 ahead of Cotto fight? Give Not Cotto. ahead had a Canelo when he told Jim Lampley, I want to be so close that the other guy feels like we're effing, that he can <laughs> smell my musk, my... Yeah, come on. That's what I'm talking about. But again, let the guys brawl. You know, people watch adult films sometimes. Not me, guy. Not you. Very clean church-going men. But you know what they, they don't really are into? Like cinematography and... Uh, and like dialogue
1: right they good a, lighting
0: I want to bang and when we watch bkfc if you're going to pay that money you want to you want to bang
1: right there it is brian campbell a lot going on in the world of boxing fights are going to start picking up here in july and august we won't have to talk about bare knuckle boxing anymore thank you for joining us and we're going to have you on again soon. might be a slow time in the world of boxing but no that's not how it works in this sport that we love always rumors always news canelo kovalev yes you heard that right canelo kovalev rumors are heating up and my take on this is that this is a way for for canelo to leverage the triple g talks while simultaneously pissing off uh triple g because we know that canelo loves to do that uh according to main events uh kathy duva uh, K- kovalev wants this fight and uh obviously yes no duh he wants this fight because he's at the end of his career uh he can take a shellacking from canelo maybe he can he can stay in that fight as he'll be the bigger man at, at 175 and make a giant payday off of this i know that the zone would be interested and you keep in mind of the politics of the sport main events uh is very much a a, a free agent or you know they are a promotion that tends to work with all networks and they got Kovalev, who's on the tail end of his career, he can cash out. As for Canelo, it will give him a world title in his fourth division, if you want to count that one, uh, against Rocky Fielding. But when history, when you look back on Canelo, uh, he will have four belts in four different weight classes. It's something that if you hear anything from Canelo, it's what he wants. At this point in his career, Yeah, he's only 28 years old, but he's legacy chasing right now. That's why he's not interested in a fight with Triple G right now. He wants to... Uh, ...unify the middleweight division, which he can do if he fights uh, Andrade next... ...should he win against Selecki, which a fight that you'll see this weekend on DAZN. But that's an interesting matchup. I do think it will happen, but I don't think it will happen next. I do think that Canelo fights Triple G next. But as we know, Canelo has to fill a lot of fights. as Part of that deal with DAZN and Kovalev uh, could be one of them. Moving up to the heavyweight division, Usyk ruled a mandatory challenger by the WBO... A lot of opinions here, and it's something that we're seeing in boxing. We're seeing with Lomachenko as well. Yes, Usyk cleared out the cruiserweight division. But in the past, if you look in the past, when a guy goes up in weight, he usually had to fight the number one contender. Take a look at Evander Holyfield. When he clear, cleared out the, uh, the cruiserweights so or when he was dominating the cruiserweight division, he wanted to move up to heavyweight. He fought Michael Dokes, who was considered a top contender uh, in whatever belt that was for, whatever organization that was. That not, that's not happening anymore in boxing. There is a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Maybe Eddie Hearn, who has Usyk, was like, hmm, I obviously want Joshua to beat Ruiz. Joshua doesn't have a lot of opponents here. Should Joshua win that fight? And it's a very short list of opponents for Anthony Joshua. Why not Usyk? Let's we'll put him in there in at, at the WBL. Yes, there is some merit here. Usyk is, he's never fought at heavyweight. He cleared out the he cleared out the cruiserweight division. I can see how he would you know get to the top, but should he be the mandatory challenger? Maybe not. He should fight Dillian White, who is a con- considered the number one, or he is considered the number one contender in the WBO organization. Why not have Usyk versus Dillian White? Winner faces the winner of Joshua and Ruiz. There it is, right there. But it's never that easy in boxing. We're seeing this. It's a, it's a trend with the rankings, everything that's going on with Dillian White. You know, he's been the number one contender for over 500 days, and he hasn't got that. That's what the WBC. Lomachenko hopped over a bunch of guys in the WBC uh, for a lightweight shot when he takes on Luke Campbell. That fight looks like it's going to be set. So, I mean, it's just the world of boxing. And, and you know, Lou Bello, I, I saw a video that he uh, was on um, with Carl Frampton talking about bribes and paying guys, and paying, it, it goes on. I'm not saying that Eddie Hearn bribes someone, but you see this with the organizations who they favor. Just look, Tom Schwartz was the number one contender in the WBO or top two contender before he took on Tyson Fury. So that says everything about uh, the rankings. Finally, this week's In Case You Missed. Did you see this? Did you see? I posted it on, on my Twitter. I saw it on Vasiliy Lomachenko's Instagram. <laughs> There's a big story here, and it, it's Vasiliy Lomachenko taking up Muay Thai. I mean, it's scary enough that the guy is dominating in the boxing world. Now he's stepping into the, the Muay Thai competitions, maybe see him in MMA, but he posted a video to his Instagram. Uh he went to Thailand and he, and he posted something like, "Hey, you know, just showed up in Thailand. I'm going to give this Muay Thai a, a, a you know a whirl." And uh you know, started throwing a kick, couldn't exactly land the kick, didn't know the proper form uh, supposedly. 3 days later, fast forward, he rips off 26 consecutive kicks in 13 seconds. Yes, I counted. It's what I do for a living. But Vasil Lomachenko is looking to get into Muay Thai. I thought this was very interesting. and There's a little bit of a backstory here. I don't know if it's just a coincidence. Or there's a little bit of marketing going on with Lomachenko. Because so that's what we've seen with Lomachenko. He likes to market himself. No Moschenko. And got the top-ranked machine behind him. Not only is he a great fighter. He's a great marketer as well. But Henry Cejudo, the double champ. In the UFC, recently called him out after uh, that when it was announced that Lomachenko's going to be fighting Campbell. Uh, Loma tweeted, then tweeted back to him. Here's an example of how it would be, and it was uh, Cejudo's face all uh, smashed up. So then Cejudo responded on Twitter and showed a picture of Salido, uh getting ra- getting his hand raised versus uh, versus Lomachenko. Said, "Look what happened the last time you fought a Mexican. Listen, neither of these guys are going to fight each other. They do this all the time. MMA fighters calling out." uh boxers boxers going at mma fighters hate to be the bearer of bad news we're not going to see this fight anytime soon for a number of reasons but henry cejudo just underwent shoulder surgery he's going to be out until 2020 this has been this week's in case you missed it that's a wrap for another edition of inside boxing live a special thanks to our guest brian campbell for joining us here had a little fun with uh bc as for this week, coming up, here are my official picks. Busy week of boxing. I like Comey, uh, KO8. I think he'll take out Beltran, who's a little uh, battle-tested. Andrade. I like Andrade by unanimous decision, especially because the fight is in Rhode Island, although I think that Celechi's going to give him a really tough fight. And finally, I like Jamal Charlo, KO8. It's not going to be the KO that we saw this past week with Jamel because Adams is a better opponent uh, than Koda, But those are my picks. We will see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.